So the Pokemon ad that ran in the Super Bowl did tug at my heartstrings a little. If none of you have seen it yet, I've retweeted it on Twitter, and I'm sure it's all over YouTube and basically anywhere videos can be found on the internet. It's only 30 seconds, but it's just really touching, like... And I love that it was kind of just heartwarming instead of trying to sell a specific game or toy. And the idea of, like, constantly training and bettering yourself and, you know, we can do great things... Like, that's one of the reasons I really love this show and and the Pokemon franchise is the main character wanders around and talks to hundreds and hundreds of different people, all with different occupations or goals or dreams. And they all have two things in common. One is they achieve whatever their goal is by working together with their neighbors or their Pokemon. None of them can do it alone. They all have to forge friendships and treat each other kindly to get to the end goal. And the other thing they all have in common is that whatever it is they do, whatever their thing is, whether it is being a carrier pigeon and flying higher than any other bird has before, whether it is working in an office, whether it's a daycare, an apple orchard, whether they run foot races, whether they're a mom or a dad, whether they make and install windows, Whatever it is they do, they are determined to do it the best they possibly can, like no one has ever done it before. The very best, like no one ever was. Like, I'm not really into that whole watching the Super Bowl just for the commercials thing, but this was really sweet. Like, it just, even though I'm not a child anymore, like, it still kind of awakens, like, those feelings in me of, like, you know, dare to dream, dare to have a goal and and give everything for it. Like, you can do it. Like, these games and this show that we love so much, I guess it kind of just emphasized, it, it encourages kids to have dreams, diverse dreams, and reinforces the idea that to achieve that dream, you have to work at it. It's not going to be just handed to you, but the that work is a good thing. The training is as much a part of the achievement as anything else. For all the merchandising and everything, like Pokemon really is so positive and can be such a good influence. Like I just, that commercial made me really happy. In other news, um, the Peekappy special episodes seem to be going well. These are the ones that are available on my Patreon page. Um, You subscribe for a dollar a month and you get the special episodes. Right now we're covering Pokemon Origins. We've made it through two discussing Red's lack of character development and Green's complete utter failure at being a rival. <laughs> but it's so fun to watch. The Cubone one just went up last week, so if you if you want to get in on this guys, head on over to patreon.com slash professional dork. I'll have a link also on the blog page. And then you can get the special episodes too. 
We're about halfway through covering Origins, which means we got to start thinking about what we want to cover after that. And the comments I'm getting from you guys are manga, Pokemon Special Adventures, or Electric Tale of Pikachu. Well, it sounds fun to me. We've got two more Origin episodes and then spend our summer going through some of the Pokemon manga series. I I like that plan. Feel free to write in with other suggestions. Speaking of suggestions, uh, Logan wrote in with a suggestion for the internet at large, um, saying, one thing I really want to see somewhere on the internet is Lance and Looker teaming up to do an investigation in a murder case or something. It would be a fun and great story with them bouncing their personalities off each other. And yes, Logan, yes, you have the exact right idea. That sounds fantastic. Like, we need to bring Looker back. We did not see enough of him in the episode N arc. And he's such a useful character, too, because he's not tied down to any one region. Not really. He was just so ridiculously fun with all of his disguises. Um, Like, you know, he can do the zany comedy, but he also had, like, the gravity of the serious situation that you could play with, too. Like, he really is a character that can go anywhere or do anything, fit into just about any plot. And then Lance, you know, being with the Pokemon G-Men, like, you can easily see a situation where they would have to team up to, you know, rescue a Pokemon or investigate a case. And Lance kind of similarity has, like, just enough whimsy and lightheartedness and and that dramatic cape that, you know, he can play a lighter, more comedic storyline um, probably more as the straight man than than the, you know, jokester. But, you know, he, he still fits into the kind of high comedy episode um, well enough and then can also do the really serious we've got to save the world type of story. Like, yeah, they would be really fun together. So I applaud this idea and I'm with Logan. Internet, someone write that fanfic do some cosplay LARPing adventure, I don't care. Like, this is a fantastic idea and someone needs to run with it. But until someone makes that internet thing for us, uh, want to know other fun Pokemon-related things you can do on the internet? You can visit pokepress.blogspot.com. Whether it's fan-related Pokemon things on the internet or professional-related Pokemon things on the internet... They are just an awesome source for music and interviews and videos and fan speculation and release dates. Like, all sorts of fun Pokemon stuff can be found on their site, Um, pokepress.blogspot.com. They also have a YouTube channel at PokePress. Definitely something you want to check out since this is 20th year of Pokemon, guys. There's so much that's happened and... You know, they've archived a lot of great interviews with people that have been there with us for it. So whether it's new stuff you want to discover or nostalgia that you just want to revel in, um, PokePress is a good place to start. You can follow the links I gave you or I'll have the links also on my blog page and I'll give you that info at the end of the episode. And today's episode is the conclusion to our Lake of Rage storyline. Last time, we were at the Lake of Rage, and we met a Gyarados that was bright red, forced to evolve against its will thanks to these radio waves that Team Rocket sent out. Um, The big honchos at Team Rocket, not the usual trio. Um, Those radio waves also make Pokemon feel sick or sluggish in the meantime, um, you know, before they evolve. 
So the good guys Pokemon teams have been about half as useful as they normally would be in this debacle. You know, they might be good for one or two attacks, but then they just kind of get droopy and, and ill. But luckily we have backup in the form of Lance, the Dragon Master, and Champion of the Elite Four. I know, Ash is just over the moon. Rockstar in the vicinity. Um, oh, and also our heroes got kidnapped. Um, Lance said he had the situation in hand, they couldn't let it go, they came back to save Gyarados and ended up captured by the bad guys, so they're stuck at the Team Rocket base. Jesse and James are working for the people they're supposed to be working for, so they're holding that fort down and eating all the food, and Lance is undercover as a Team Rocket grunt, traveling in a van with uh, Tyson and the other Team Rocket agents, Dr. Sebastian, and the Gyarados. I'd say it looks bad, but I have faith in Lance. Um, He's in contact with Officer Jenny, and he fills her in on what Team Rocket's been doing, um, what he's learned through his undercover work, and that Team Rocket's currently en route to Mahogany Town for more inspections and helicopter transport of the Gyarados. Jenny and her squad will be waiting to bring the bad guys to justice. In the meantime, Ash is driving Jesse and James up the wall back at the base by the lake just being a massive headache for them. Um, But since all the Pokemon are rendered sickly and barely able to attack by the evolution inducement machine, um, they're just going to walk over and steal Pikachu. Like, pretty much with their bare hands, they can do this. It, it, It can't defend itself at all. Ash can't defend himself. And better yet, um, some of Jesse and James Pokemon are fully evolved and it, does seem that the fully evolved Pokemon are not really affected by the um, inducement thing. I mean, granted, that thing is a little bit um, sporadic as to how badly it affects some of the Pokemon and how quickly, but it definitely looks like Arbok and Wobbuffet, who are who don't have a higher evolution form, don't seem to be suffering any ill effects, while Meowth kind of seems to come in and out of lucidity sometimes. <laughs> Lance's Dragonite as well seems to have been weathering whatever radio waves have been coming out pretty stalwartly as well. So really, there's only one problem with Team Rocket's plan. Um, The little clicky device that lets Pikachu out of his circle capture um, thing, the little ring that goes around around his shoulders, basically. Um, When they click the button to open it, it also releases Ash, Brock, Misty, and Togepi. And oh, Ash uses that one second of disbelief to its fullest. He calls out Cyndaquil and has it use smokescreen, and then in the fog, puts all the restraints on Team Rocket and their Pokemon, and then books it out the door with his friends. Yeah, never underestimate Ash Ketchum's ability to break out of something and take advantage of the situation. You never ever want to kidnap him and bring him back to your base. He won't stay there. It's just too bad that Lance didn't know that, because it seems he broke off with Team Rocket after talking to Officer Jenny and returned to the old base mostly to mostly to rescue Ash, it seems. He may have had some other goals, but, but you know, he might not have needed to make that trip if he knew that Ash was alright. But still, it's not a loss. Like, you can see he gets such a total joy out of revealing his true identity to Jesse and James. He just doffs the costume dramatically, cape flying in the breeze. My name is Lance. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I can see why Marina loves this guy. And Jesse and James, 
join the G-Men. Apparently they've got the same flair for the dramatic that you do. Just not evil. Um, but those two are not impressed with Lance right now, and Jesse sends Arbok against Lance's Dragonite, which makes yet another horrible day for Arbok and another display of glorious facial expressions. Goodness gracious, that poor little snake. Anyway, Team Rocket goes blasting off. Lance gives Ash a little I told you so speech. And now we can move on. Um, Lance isn't just here to rescue Ash and crew, who, like I said, don't really need to be rescued. Um, but Lance is also here to destroy the radio tower and the evolution inducement thingy. And again, we're not entirely sure if that was his original goal and saving Ash was the side bonus or if he came specifically to save Ash and then figured as long as he was here, he would do some destruction. It does kind of seem that since he had that position with Team Rocket as undercover and was with the Gyarados, like it would have made more sense to stay with that party rather than come back now to destroy the radio tower, but whatever. But, you know, proper communication beforehand would have helped. Like, Ash totally could have handled destroying the radio tower once he and um, the company rescued themselves. But really, no matter, Dragonite destroys the machine and then everyone jumps in Lance's car to drive to Mahogany Town and catch up to Team Rocket. And I don't know, the bad guys aren't having a good day. Like, Tyson's finding out that his operation was infiltrated by Lance and that Jesse and James lost the base and the machine's been destroyed. Like, really... That Gyarados is the only good thing they have left. And now that the evolution inducement wave is wearing off, it's waking up, it's starting to get ornery, and it actually starts taking out the two chopper units carrying it and gets loose, starts hydro pumping everything. You go, Gyarados. Um, it swims downriver with Team Rocket following behind, and Lance and the Tagalongs also see it. They're a bit closer, and they pull over to the side of the road to try and talk to Gyarados. It's still busting up everything it sees. And of course, that's the moment that Ash jumps out of the car and starts running besides the rage-driven giant sea monster. Oh dear boy, you really have no judgment whatsoever, do you? And he's like, oh, I'm so glad you got free, Gyarados. And Gyarados shoots a hydro pump right at his feet. <laughs> Knocks Ash back completely off, his, off the ground. And it just keeps going on with the destruction. We're going to have to stop it before it hurts someone. But how do you stop something that huge? Even Misty, water trainer extraordinaire, remember, fears a Gyarados. Well, Lance might have tried something with his Dragonite. But then Tyson shows up, with a bit of an axe to grind, not entirely surprising, since the Great Lance has been under his nose the entire time, and, you know, the guy is not exactly subtle, at least as far as that cape is concerned. Like, he, he really seems to have been itching the entire time to reveal his true identity. Like, there were signs. <laughs> but Tyson gets out of the car, um, presumably to fight, and sends the rest of Team Rocket, the, the whole caravan, after Gyarados. Ash and company bravely say that they'll make sure nothing happens to Gyarados, and they run off after the trail of cars, and Lance is like, wait, wait, no, Ash, I'm gonna get these kids killed, aren't I? But there's not much he can do, because Tyson sends out two Firo, and Lance and Dragonite have to defend themselves. And they do, Dragonite is not going down that easy. 
And it's always Firo in this show. They're always the bad guys. Um, but it leaves Ash, Brock, and Misty to their own devices in protecting and calming down Gyarados. Team Rocket has technology on their side and uses an electroshock net to capture Gyarados and drag it out of the lake. And that net does exactly what you think it does. Ash retaliates against this cruelty by calling out Bayleaf to use Razor Leaf on Team Rocket. Um, that stops the cars from getting too far with Gyarados. But then Team Rocket fights back with actual rockets. Like, missiles. Never forget, Jesse and James are the fringes. The core Team Rocket is nothing to mess with. But in typical Ash fashion, life is forfeit when there are heroics to be done. He doesn't run from danger, but spreads out his arms to defend Gyarados. And in turn, Gyarados finds the strength to get up and hyperbeam Team Rocket before they can fire their weapons. I mean, really... That kid was not only going to get himself killed, it was also going to be a useless endeavor. That missile was about as big as Ash Ketchum is. Like, how much defense could he really be? Um, the grunts go blasting off, but it takes the last of Gyarados' strength. So they've got to get it back into the river. But before this can happen, another net comes down to capture Gyarados. Like, I thought we got rid of Team Rocket. Who could this be now? Oh, right. The fringe is back. Jesse and James are not down for the count yet. They steal Gyarados for the glory of Team Rocket history, lifting their catch high into the air with the um, Team Rocket balloon. But Ash jumps up and he grabs the net before they get too far, climbs up the side before they rise higher into the sky. And this is a bad sign. Team Rocket doesn't want to carry the twerp too. Like this has ended badly for them once already. Um, so they do everything they can to shake Ash off, moving from side to side, dunking the net in water. Like, it's the craziest carnival ride ever. But Ash hangs on, and Gyarados gets angry. It fights, and it frees itself from the net, crashes the balloon, lands in the lake, and Ash smashes into the beach with Team Rocket. And then Gyarados swims away, even more rage-filled than before, and in the direction of town. Ash wants to go after it, but Team Rocket's determined to at least steal Pikachu, so the day isn't a total loss. And he's like, I do not have time for this. So he's basically ready to let Pikachu do his worst. They don't even attack Arbok when the battle begins. They just avoid Poison Sting and aim straight for the trainers. <laughs> and again, Team Rocket goes blasting off. How many times can a Team Rocket agent go blasting off in one episode? We are going for a record here. And really, it's just Tyson left now. Like, even Dr. Sebastian got out of Dodge. And Dragonite is getting a little pummeled by um, the two enemy Pokemon. I'm not horribly shocked. I mean, remember, I did once beat all three of Lance's Dragonite with a team full of Magikarp, so how tough can he really be? Um, but Dragonite is snapped out of its little funk and comes back with Twister, eventually winning the battle. And Officer Jenny arrives in time to book Tyson. We've defeated Team Rocket, ladies and gentlemen. Now we just have to calm a rampaging Gyarados before it destroys downtown. And despite all of Ash's earnest words, um, that Pokemon is just too mad. It's not going to listen to reason. And finally unleashes a hyper beam right at the kids. It looks like the end. There's no escape. And Oh, as the attack rushes to meet them, watch Ash. He grabs for Pikachu and holds him close in his arms like, oh, my bleeding heart. 
Um, but then out of nowhere to save the day, an old man's voice calls out for a dugong to use ice beam and it blocks hyperbeam and saves the children. Who is this character introduced at the very end of the episode? What is this? Well, we are in Mahogany Town, home of a Pokemon gym. And gym leaders have an unspoken responsibility to get involved in any crazy Pokemon drama that may be threatening their fair cities. Certainly, they're usually the best equipped to handle that sort of thing, even more so than the police. Yes, if this old man looks important or familiar, it's because he kind of is. Um, but before that identity actually gets confirmed, there's the little problem of his personality. He saved the kids and trapped Gyarados in the river, but he doesn't seem to actually want to help. In fact, he's angry at Ash and company, says the kid is stupid to try and fellowship Gyarados out of the rage, and it says humans and Pokemon can never be friends. How naive. And Ash is like, um, first of all, you work with Pokemon. This feels a little bit hypocritical. And also, let me introduce you to Pikachu. We are not only friends, we are practically engaged. Pokemon and humans can never be friends. It's like you don't even watch this show. But Ash maintains that Gyarados needs a friend. And the moment is full of tension when the kids run off past um, the old man to offer further help to this Pokemon. A clash of ideals in the future. Bring it on. For now, though, they meet up with Lance and Dragonite, and Lance maintains that battling is the only way to save Gyarados. The kids strongly disagree, especially after that encounter with the old man, um, but Lance gets his way, and Dragonite finally causes Gyarados to faint. It's really sad, and, and when it does, Lance captures it in a Pokeball, and it seems he's going to keep Gyarados with him from now on, help it work through the rage and the anger and, you know... <laughs> Recall it when it gets too destructive for civilization. It did almost wipe out Mahogany Town for a bit there. Um, and I suppose I get it, though it seems kind of a weird move for this show because, you know, a trauma like Gyarados had been through with the um, unwanted evolution and, and people kind of torturing it, basically. Um, you know, it's going to take time for it to overcome. This is not a one-episode fix, though, again... It is kind of weird for this show that they're basically leaving the story on a downer note there. There is hope for Gyarados, but at the moment, it's still miserable and everybody's sad and uncertain. Um, Ash feels better by the end of the episode, though, like realizing that Lance considers Gyarados a friend and intends to treat it as such. Um, he might have looked like he was being harsh with the battling and, and everything, but you don't get to be on the Elite Four without knowing something about befriending and mastering Pokemon and, and getting unruly Pokemon under control. And Gyarados is in good hands. It's going to be able to work through this. And so with that, we say goodbye to Lance, Dragon Master with the Dragon Ball Z hair to match. And Ash can get on with his business of challenging the Mahogany Gym and its leader, are they really not going to reveal the identity of the gym leader in this episode? Well, sorry if I spoiled it for you, but they certainly left enough clues that the old man with the dugong is very, very important. And since we're here in Mahogany Town, like, there's only so many options for that plot. But I guess we won't officially find out until next episode.
With a guy so convinced that human and Pokemon can never be friends, there's sure to be drama on the horizon. I gotta say, as fun as this episode was, it, it felt a little lacking in some ways. Like, like there was just so much going on that it almost distracted from the plot. Either it needed to be dragged out into a three-parter and, and some things expanded, or they needed to whittle some stuff down. Like, I just felt there we were just moving from thing to thing to thing and not all of it like was actually relevant. Like a lot of the stuff with Jesse and James, like we didn't need to have them come back in at the end. You know, Lance would be running off to do this one thing and then he'd come back to do this other thing and then run off to do this other thing without feeling like you really finished or fulfilled the first action. I, I guess it's a little hard to explain. It just felt like a little too much was was crammed in or rushed through so that when you got to like the real emotional moments with Ash or Lance and Gyarados, like you almost didn't feel that it was really meaning anything. Just sort of a try to go too many places and do too many things and and be too many different qualities, I guess. Like, you know, we had we had some really comedic moments at times and really dramatic and really action-packed and, you know, all all these different moods but with all of the many many scenes going on like it just felt like everything was a little rushed and nothing really was experienced like certainly the theme introduced with the man and the humans and pokemon can never be friends deserved more time especially when you realize in the scene immediately after lance almost seems to be behaving in a way that contradicts what ash's ideals are and you know with ash actually acknowledging that you know, begging Lance, like, don't fight the Gyarados, and Lance being like, no, we, I have to. That really, I think, deserved a little more time and, and massaging. But by that point, we only got like two minutes left. Basically, I think this episode needed one more pass through script editing, but <laughs> it's not to say it was bad. Like, it was a lot of fun. We shall see Lance in the future. Will we see that red Gyarados as well? Will we find out how it's been doing? Who knows? Time will tell. For now, thank you for listening. If you want to leave some comments about the episode or Lance or Gyarados, anything, um, you can visit our blog page, pcappypodcast.blogspot.com or send an email to pcappypodcast at gmail.com. That's also where you can find a link to my Patreon page, um, patreon.com slash professional dork, um, and get those special episodes. Talking about Pokemon Origins. So like this anime, but also so, so different. <laughs> or you can also find our podcast on Facebook or Twitter. Valentine's Day is coming up. This is the time to tweet out your, your Pokemon Valentine's pickup lines things. <laughs> Remember, corny puns are gold. I would be happy to read all your PG-rated uh, Pokemon Valentine's Day cards. They do delight me so. But most of all, thank you for listening. Um, we'll see you all next time. This has been Peek Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. Bye.